And welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Unapologetic Healer podcast. This is Jasmine, also known as the Healing One, owner of I Am Healing One LLC. Today, I have the pleasure of having an amazing guest with me, Chantal Girardi. I am going to kick it to her so she can introduce herself. And then we're just going to have some fun and hopefully be a little silly if we get to throw that in there, too. So, Chantal, take it over and tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. Um, Firstly, I'll explain my accent because it's a little bit muddled and mixed. So I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I moved from South Africa to the Gold Coast, Australia 13 years ago. Um, Hence the mixed accent. My partner's from New Zealand. So I think it's kind of a three-way accent. And um, when I moved here, um, I came from South Africa. And in South Africa, I had paid off cars, paid off houses, paid off everything. Um, And we got the opportunity to immigrate to Australia. We moved here. My husband at the time was going to work and I was going to look after my three daughters um, who were all under the age of five. So identical twin girls um, and then my youngest daughter as well. And we got here. We're paying our way into the country. We had no welfare, um, literally starting, you know, right from scratch again and knowing no one, having no family support. And he lost his job twice. He was made redundant in the first couple of years. Um, so with no tech experience, with no marketing experience, um, whilst the children slept or played, I taught myself social media and was able to grow a business without outsourcing or paying for advertising. Um, I grew a successful business on the Gold Coast using those strategies. Um, and then I went on to develop a program for business owners because what I found was many people want to share their gifts with the world. Many people also want to profit from that or need to profit from that. And many people aren't simply in a position to outsource it to someone else and they don't have massive marketing budgets. So we have all these things, you know, social media and websites and all these amazing tools, but we just don't have the funds to be able to give it to a professional to do. So therefore, we have to invest in ourselves to be able to do it better. And I wanted to show businesses, I wanted to inspire business owners that they don't have to spend their lives online. And I can, there is a strategy, there is a way, um, and I wanted to be able to help them. I think that's huge. And that's one of the reasons that I jumped at the opportunity to have you join me for a podcast interview, because as small businesses, we have to figure it out. Some people call it bootstrapping. Some people call it, you know, organic, grassroots, whatever. We have to figure it out and wear all the hats oftentimes in the beginning because we're building the website, we're manning the social media, you know, we're we're managing the marketing, doing the promotions, managing the giveaways, running the Facebook groups, taking care of families, kids, dogs, spouses, cooking, sleeping, hopefully, <laughs> you know, all the things. And it can feel extremely overwhelming when you're running a business and doing the thing that's in your zone of genius and then having to segue from that constantly to figure out, now, how do I get out there and talk about it, make it make sense to people, walk them through the quote unquote funnels and then still switch the hats back to the zone of genius to actually work with them. So I think this is a necessary conversation that many of us have wished that we could have with whoever was in our lives, business coaches, strategy, you know, strategists, whoever, right? So let's start off. The first question that I want to throw at you would be, what are the top things that you've identified that small business owners need to be aware of when they're looking to really utilize and or maximize their social media? 
Oh, great, great question. Um, well, firstly, they actually need to put time in their diaries. I think this is one of the most important thing. Um, as you know, we, we want to have this laptop lifestyle and we want to, you know, work for ourselves, but many people don't actually prioritize productive time in their diaries to actually take the time to action and implement what it is that they're doing. So one of the most important things would be to go and say, well, when do I work in the business? When do I work on the business? Prioritize that time. And I always say, prioritize it in a time that you enjoy. I'm a morning person. So first thing in my morning, that's my, my biggest creation mode. So for me to create content and develop programs in the morning would be great. But some people are evening people. So set yourself up for success. Look at your ideal day and go, oh, am I actually prioritizing that time in my diary? Um, and then actually do it. <laughs> actually show up and do it. Um, That's the, the second thing. One, <laughs> yeah. The second thing is, is um, you know, just be careful where you get your advice from. Um, I often talk about this where I say, be careful who you get into bed with when it, when it comes to collaborations, because besides being exhausting, it can also be time wasting um, and not beneficial to your overall strategy. But also be careful where you get advice from. I often see people going into Facebook groups and asking for advice, and you don't know that person's background, that person's story, um, and they may have a tiny ingredient that may work, but from a holistic perspective of an all-encompassing strategy, it may not work for you, for your industry, or where you're at right now. So be very careful um, that, that you don't open yourself up to so much because that, in fact, can actually be very time-wasting and quite expensive in the long term as well, especially yeah. if you ask for advice on systems. I always get it where they go, Chantel, what systems do you use? And I'm like, hey, whatever I use doesn't mean you should be using it. <laughs> um, one of the third thing for me would be around clarity. Okay. What is your absolute genius what do you love to do and what are you known for like if you had to pass away and every person you'd ever touched in your life um was there and they had to say something about you what would be those common things that they would say about you hang on to those things because those are the things that that are your genius are your amazing you know things and then think about how can I create a desirable offer and the desirable offer has to be desired by someone who's willing to pay for it um, and I think sometimes we can go, well, you know, people need this, people need it, they need it, they all need it. Some people aren't ready for it, or some people are not prepared to pay okay. for it, value it. And this is really important. So get really clear on that, create that desirable offer that is desirable to someone who's willing to pay for it. And I loved what you said earlier, where you said, you then have to effectively communicate it. That is super, super, super powerful. And um, effectively communicating, meaning it uh, that a stranger who's prepared to pay for it understands what you're talking about. Because sometimes we can get really uh, creative in the way that we describe things and we can talk over people and we can actually lose them. That one, I have to say, I realized um, I was struggling with last year. You know, I've been in my journey doing this work both on myself as a coach and a healer and working with clients for decades now. And I realized that I had to pivot my audience. I was no longer in a place where I could make it make sense to a beginner. I'm, I'm so far removed from that experience now. It's not that I don't have compassion or empathy. I truly do. And I can remember back when, but I am so far removed from that part of the experience now that it's hard for me 
And I, I gave, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, it's like, you're at the top of the escalator and that person's at the bottom trying to get up there where you are. And it's no longer about meeting them where they are. At some point, it starts to cost you more than it's beneficial to them for you to come down that escalator to help them get up. They, they need to work with someone else that's still somewhat closer to that part of the experience. And then as they get higher and higher up, they can get to someone like me or, or whoever else is in that capacity, right? And it took me a, a, a while to stop judging myself for that because I was like, why is what I'm saying not translating? But I had to make that shift because I had shifted, right? So I absolutely think that that is pivotal. I love the first example that you gave as well as the second. And I love the thought of, if I were not here, what would everybody say was the thing? That's a powerful visual to be able to use, right? I think I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind. <laughs> That's a powerful, because I do often think of that. I will do polls or, or ask questions of my clients. What is it that you see when you think of me? How do I come across to you? What is it that sticks out for, you know, different ways that I ask. But I love that if everybody just had to gather what would be the one thing. So guys, I don't know if you've broken out your pen and pads yet, but if you have not, get them out. <laughs> um, what does the journey look like for you? Because you're doing the thing as far as utilizing social media, but also still running a business. So what does that look like for you having to learn this process and then implement it? Yeah, well, look, when I first started, um, you know, I did what I said not to do. <laughs> and I went online and I went into Facebook groups and I was getting advice and I was downloading ebooks and downloading, downloading online courses. Um, and everyone was telling me, be more visible, be more visible, give it away for free, get engagement, get engagement or whatever. And it was exhausting. You know, oh, yeah. Show up. It was completely exhausting. Um, and I just went, you know, I can't do this. I actually have to feed my family. Um, and, you know, I have no option. This actually has to work. What is, what do I need to do? I just want a roadmap. Tell me what I need to do. I just want to wake up every day. I want to know what to do. I want to have the skills to be able to implement it. And I think um, I was actually reading Russell Brunson's book, you know, the ClickFunnel guy. Um, and although I don't like ClickFunnels, the actual software, because I find it very upsell, downsell, you know, it's quite difficult. I really enjoyed one of the things that really stuck with me. And it said, get one thing right. And it came down to the strategy going, we have so many products, we have so many offers, you know, just get one thing right. Don't half do everything um, and get really clear on that one thing and tweak it until it actually works. And that's when I realized that becomes a strategy that becomes the customer journey. So my first business that I grew uh, for seven years, I had that business and I didn't use advertising at all. And I grew a six figure business um, in a saturated industry on the Gold Coast without any marketing funds at all. I did it all myself um, while still going to the gym and playing with the kids and taking my dog out. Yeah. Um, and, um, and now my second business now I've tripled and that again has no advertising at all. So no um, Facebook ads, no Google ads, uh, no SEO, everything is done organically. So I tell people that to inspire them because a lot of the time people are looking for quick fixes or band-aid solutions um, and they want to go straight straight to the advertising. But if you if it's not working organically, it's not working no matter how much money you put behind it. And I think that's really important to know. I think also that a lot of people get trapped in this. If you're not good at it, outsource it. Yeah. 
And I actually tell people, no, you have to have some level of skills within your business to understand these processes. Because if you are going to outsource it to someone else, you have to have the strategy and you have to have enough skills to be able to oversee them. You cannot just go here, generate me clients. Um, and you cannot pay peanuts because you'll get monkeys. So it's incredibly important that you have an overall strategy and with that overall strategy that you then can oversee that person and be able to work with them. Um, and I think that that's really important too. So for me, I do have a team now. I still do all my own content um, and I oversee absolutely every aspect within my business, but I spend 20 minutes online uh, every morning and every afternoon. It's in my diary. I go in, I check, I follow my roadmap, I follow what I need to do. Um, and it simply works because I have customer journeys and lead generation funnels, which are all in place. And then you just have to manage it and you just have to oversee it. Um, but it isn't one size fits all. It certainly is dependent on the business owner and the type of business they want to have. And it's certainly dependent on the industry and the audience. That I want to make sure we highlight because I think a lot of times many of us have fallen into that trap when we're desperate in the beginning of thinking that we don't know how to do the thing, we need help to do the thing. And we listen to the wrong people. I can remember through the years, you know, I've worked with different coaches, different marketers, different strategists, et cetera, thinking, well, they know the thing I don't know. So let me, let me work with them and see what I need to be doing, tweak this, fix that, do this better. And oftentimes what I found was they had a cut and paste system that just didn't make sense for my business, maybe didn't make sense for a lot of businesses. And, and exactly what you said, they figured out how to do this one thing and that one thing works, and then they wanted to mass replicate it and that doesn't work, right? And so you find yourself frustrated, off, pissed, you know, frustrated, pissed off and mad, sometimes broke because now you've spent all of your funds trusting this person that said they could help you do A, B, C, and D, and they didn't. And then now you're back at the drawing board, right? And so one of the things that I always empower my clients when we work together is, first and foremost, I don't care what I tell you, what anybody tells you, trust yourself. You have to come up with the game plan of who you are, why you are doing this. Why does this matter to you? And what is your expectation of what you need to get from this? Not only financially, because yes, big part of the equation, right? We're in business to make money. <laughs> and anybody that says different is lying, right? But not only are we in this to make money, but we're in this because there's some type of self-gratification that we're getting from it, right? Some type of reciprocity from the business. And you have to ground yourself into that, guys. And when you know that, then you can get into using the social media, replicating what you're doing, talking to people about it. Because whether you're practicing an elevator pitch because you're trying to network with people or you're writing a post on Facebook or doing a video on Instagram or whatever the thing is, you got to be confident in what you're talking about. Like nobody wants to work with the person that's umming and hawing every five seconds because they don't trust what they're saying, right? So you got you to gotta have your strategies in place, but sometimes the first part of that strategy is learning to trust yourself. And then be, a, be out there experimenting, guys. Listen, I don't know what to tell <laughs> I don't know how to tell you any other way from my experience and, and kind of what I hear you saying as well, you got to get out there and practice. You have to be willing to experiment and play with it and learn it and fail because those things teach you so that when you're ready to pay that person to come in and take over and outsource 
Now you can look over their shoulder and see what it is that they're doing and make sure they're doing it in a way that makes sense for your business and not working against you because they're doing it in a way that works for somebody else's business. It needs to be for you. So what has that looked like for you, Chantal, with having a family and running a six-figure business and doing the marketing? Because again, those are all things that require vast amounts of your attention. Yeah, look, I, I think being excited about it is really good. And I love some of the things that you said there, because a lot of the time pe people come to me and go, oh, Chantel, I don't want to learn how to do it. Um, I just want someone else to do it for me. And I don't have time. And I'm going, well, if you don't have time to go and communicate online what it is that you do, how do you have time for clients? So, you know, energetically, again, you're going, I don't have time. So I want to outsource it. Well, you know, so... I think we've got to just check check ourselves with that as well, um, you know. And at the end of the day, I'm excited. I'm excited to get online and help more people. I'm excited to share my genius with more people. I get excited about, you know, being able to create more meaningful conversations online. Um, and I don't want it to be cookie cutter. I don't want it to be fluffy. I don't want someone else using my voice or speaking on my behalf. Um, I want that energy and that connection with that person and, and that business. Um, and when I, you know, when I, when I get excited about it, it doesn't bother me then getting online and doing it and, and picking up the phone and having conversations with people because this is a new opportunity for me, but also for them. And I love that. So um, time management, again, it's really important. I have to make sure that everything's inside my calendar and I can do things. Next week, we're going away for a week. Um, and then I have a social media content plan already, you know, scheduled and ready to go. Um, and it's all organized. And I have lead generation funnels where if people are inquiring, they can simply fill out a jot form and go into my leads list, which means when I get back, I can follow up on them. I'm not losing leads. Um, I went I went yesterday and worked with a client and they're paying thousands of dollars for Google ads at the moment. And when we went on to the website, so uh, well, when we went into Google My Business, firstly, Google My Business wasn't set up correctly and they are running thousands and thousands of dollars of ads on, a, on an account that's not set up properly. In fact, it's not even verified. Um, and then secondly, they then pushing uh, traffic onto the website. And when you get to the website, the website doesn't say where they're located, what they're offering, uh, and there's no way to contact them. And I just went, you know, <laughs> you need to stop, stop your ads, get this right first. Um, but if you don't get these fundamentals right, if you do not get the foundational stuff right, um, it's not going to work. It's just not, it, it's not going to work at all. Um, and I think reviewing and reporting is a really important part of that. So as a business owner, we need to own our business. And for me, that means improving your skills in what you're doing and what you have to do in order to generate clients or run your business, understand your, uh, the platforms that you use. So if you're going to use Google My Business, understand how it works. If you're going to use Facebook, understand how it works. Um, if you're going to use, you know, your email platform, understand how it works. Don't just not read through the notes or push, you know, I'll do that later, but understand the vehicles that you're using within your business. Uh, the second part is always strategy. So have an actual plan, a customer journey that goes from the beginning to the end. Um, and you know how to push people through that. And then the last one is a system in place. So what are the systems that you're going to use to automate some of those processes? And part of that system is 
reviewing, reporting, going in and going, what worked, what didn't work, and what can I tweak? Because so many times people are so close. They're so close to getting it right. But they go and they rebrand or they stop that because they go, it's not working, where it's just one part in that process that isn't working. Uh, so, for example, with that company, I said to them, if they just put a pop-up on their website that says inquiries here, at least anything coming from Google My Business, if they land on the website before they get everything else fixed, they at least have a pop-up that says inquiries here. This is what we do. Um, and a simple fix. I love that. And something that I thought about, one of the struggles that I had personally during the pandemic was staying on staying organized right i was feeling the effects like everyone else was going through the pandemic needing more downtime needing more self-care and so simple things that i was taking for granted as far as being organized they really caused the snowball effect and just as an example guys my assistant and i we meet every week and during that time if if i was tired or she was tired i'd say oh don't worry you know we'll we'll just message and we'll horrible guys it stops me from being accountable <laughs> it's and, and and i laugh but it was it was such a mess it stopped me from being accountable and it created this snowball effect where it became easier and easier to say well we won't worry about it this week and then so i wasn't staying on top of things that needed to get done as far as admin tasks i was getting them done they were just late right I wasn't staying on top of communicating with her with things that she needed to include in the newsletters that were going out or updates that we needed to make as far as our marketing or, or what we were promoting. So you, in, in, the, in the part of it that you're in, in the moment, it feels like it's not that big of a deal, but it really is. Going back to something you said previously, if you don't have time for your business, how do you have time for clients? right? Something that I teach is everything is energy. When we think from a science perspective, everything is energy. Energy is always moving. It's always in motion. So if everything is energy, if I don't have the energy for my business, I don't have the energy for clients. And what spirit says is, okay, reroute those clients somewhere else, right? And so I realized that for me, scheduling was huge. Everything is in my calendar. I tell everybody that knows me, if it's not in my calendar, it does not exist, because there's so much that you have to keep up with as a business and as a business owner, you need to have accountability. You've got to write it down, whether you have a handwritten journal, whether you type it on your laptop, put it in your phone, I don't care. Write it down so that you have some place that you're going back to look consistently to make sure you know what it is that you're supposed to be getting done, when it's supposed to be done, and what the next step is after that, right? So we got back on track with our weekly meetings, we stay in contact in between those meetings, right? We're always following through, sending each other messages. This needs to be done. What about this? Let's follow up on that. And it made a drastic difference. So at the end of the day, I think what, <laughs> what I hear you saying is, first and foremost, you have to be willing to figure out the why of what you're doing with the business, right? I think we're both saying that. And then two, organization comes before everything because you can have the greatest ideas in the world. And as you re referenced uh, Richard Branson with the doing all the things, many of us struggle with that, right? Because everybody is a solopreneur. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's a spirit-led preneur in our own way. 
But then you have those of us that have so many talents or so many ways that we can serve. We don't want to niche down. We want to do all the things and be amazing at all the things. And maybe you can, but just not at the same time all the time. Nobody is telling you that you can't live your dream, guys. But sometimes you have to prioritize. I'm going to do this first. And I'm going to be great at it. And then I'm going to do this and add this in and I'll be great at that. And then maybe I can add this in next and I'll be great at that, right? I experienced something where I had mastered the things that I was doing and offering because I've been doing them for years. So I, I had my systems in place. Things were good, right? And then when I started growing my team, it was chaotic because now it wasn't just me having to keep up with the links and what was included in this package and what was a part of this. And I said, this is too much. We're going to downsize it and take it back simple. It, it worked for me when it was just me. And now with this team, I've got to make sure that not only can I keep up with it and know what the heck's going on, but I need them to be able to do the same thing. So even if it's been working for you, don't be afraid to shift, guys. Don't be afraid to recalibrate and reorganize. See, we keep coming back to that word. <laughs> and do what makes sense in the moment. Just because it made sense last week or last month or last year doesn't mean that it's going to make sense now, right? So... As you have scaled your businesses, what is one of the most pivotal things that you felt like allowed you to do that other than learning how to master the social media and, of course, mastering your strengths and your gifts? What would you say was the central theme that allowed you to scale? Um, definitely single tasking and not multitasking. So besides being organized, uh, a lot of people multitask. They do this, do this, do this, do this. Um, so that, that was highly ineffective. Um, making sure, like you said, getting really good at, at one thing in your business until it, until it converts, until it makes money um, before you move on to the next thing. So following through is one of the most important things. Um, one of my other favorite F words is following up. So many times leads are coming in, people are engaging, people are inquiring, and we keep going looking for the next shiny object, but we do not follow up and follow through with those people and nurture them until we get a yes. Um, last week, uh, I think last week I had two new signups on a Friday afternoon. The money just came through. It took me three weeks of, from a genuine heart space, contacting these people in Messenger, checking in with them, making sure that they understood what I was offering, making sure that they felt comfortable and were ready for it. But it took me three weeks and one to two conversations per person. And a lot of time people go, nah, it's too hard. Buy my program, move on to the next thing. So really respecting those relationships online, I think is really important. Um, and I'd love to share with you a story actually from a client yesterday. So I'm working with a kinesiologist who makes her own essential oils. And she has her own range of essential oils, probably about six or seven of them. And she said to me, it's not working. It's not working, Chantel. So I'm going to rebrand. I'm going to change my bottles. I'm going to change my labels. I'm changing the ingredients. I'm changing the names. I'm going to change the website. I'm going to change all the social media stuff. It's going to take me months. It's going to cost money. I'm changing everything because it doesn't work. I went in and I had a look and I went, uh, it's not working because you're not doing anything with it. <laughs> They're on the website. They don't have a sales page. When you add them to the cart, it's a two-step process to be able to purchase. On social media, you haven't spoken about your essential oils and your range for months. 
so no one knows about them. So I said, it doesn't matter if you rebrand. It doesn't matter if you spend all this money and this time going to create a new product. Why don't you get what you have right now working? Get it working on the website. Get the cart working on the website. Get your social media content and generating traffic to that right. Um, and getting uh, her current clients that she works one-on-one on, I said, upsell that product to them. Make an offer to them when they're right there. And she just went, whoa, that's going to save me so much money and time because I was just going to scrap everything and start again. It literally would have taken her half a year to do that. So get what you're doing right. Don't give up on it. See it through. Refine it. Review it. Refine it. Optimize it and get it working. One of the things I have learned in the value of nurturing is... And I've seen this for myself for years. I've had people, most of my clients do come to me from social media. They've either engaged with me on Facebook or seen something on um, YouTube or Instagram and have followed me for a while or they come through word of mouth, you know, direct referral. And so what I started to notice was oftentimes people would pop up after having followed me for a year or two, having messaged me six to eight months prior and I would give them the information, check in with them for a while. And, you know, life happens. Maybe they couldn't afford it at that moment. Maybe there were other priorities, whatever the case was. Right. And I would always say, I'm here when the time is right. And I think a lot of people didn't understand that. And, and they would think I was giving up on them. And then I'd pop up maybe a month later and say, Hey, I just want to check in on you. How are you? How are you? Right. Not selling them anything, but how are you? And they'd say, oh, well, you know, this is happening. My child was sick or I've been taking care of my parents or whatever. You know what? I'm sending you so much love right now. I know that is probably more than I can imagine. And I'm just sending you hugs. And I would just let them know I'm thinking about you, right? And so some of these people would be six to eight months in process, two years in process. And those have always become my highest paying clients, right? Once they get to a place where they can really commit when they're ready to commit, because having a desire to do something and being ready to truly do it is two very different things. But once they're in the place where they're ready to commit to do the work with me, hands down, they're some of my longest lasting, most loyal, faithful clients. They stay with me. They work with me regularly in different capacities. They tell other people about me. And so for me, it has always been worth it. Now, there's a difference, guys. You you have to be able to discern who's the tire kicker that never wants to buy anything and they just want all the freebies. And who's the person that's honestly genuine. They're checking out the information. They're working on the courage to take that leap whether it be emotionally or financially, they're trying to get things in their life lined up so they can stay focused and committed, whatever it is on their side, right? But you have to, you have, to have the capacity to be able to discern as you're listening and knowing who your ideal clients are. I hate the client avatar of how old are they and how much money do they make and where do they live and where do they shop? Because none of my people look the same. It is literally an energy that they embody. And that's the thing I've learned to connect with with them, right? That being said, don't give up on the people that not quite tire kicking, but not quite ready. There's something that they're saying that gives you a clue that, hey, it's not, no, it's just not right now. They're just not there yet. And if you respect that, don't force them. I hate a pushy salesperson. But if you respect that and just keep communication open, they're going to remember that. 
I've had people that couldn't work with me for whatever the reason and still referred other people to me when somebody they knew was asking because of how I treated them and the compassion that I gave them. So I have truly come to believe, and I think that you may agree with me, I've truly come to believe you will be your own best salesperson when you just get comfortable talking about what you love, about what you do. Because that's the thing that I did with them. I just shared why I loved it, why I was so passionate, why I wanted to help them, right? And I made it relatable to them. As we get ready to bring this to a close, I feel like we've thrown a lot at them, a lot of good stuff. But as we bring this to a close, what's the one thing that you, if they don't take anything else away from what you said, you want them to remember this? I think for me, it, it comes just back down to that, um, that clarity. So one of the things I love to do is I love a whiteboard. I love a big whiteboard, you know, and put yourself in that middle of that whiteboard and then just create a massive spider web of all the amazing things that you offer, all your genius, all your programs, I always say all your income producing opportunities and just have that visual of all the potential of, of everything and even have some of the the things that you're imagining, like having a book or um, an online course or and you know running a webinar or, or starting a podcast and just map it all out on this amazing board so that you can look at it. And then look at it and go, what is the closest to working right now? And I'm going to put that in my diary and I'm going to single task. I'm not going to multitask. I'm going to single task. I'm going to get that one thing right. And from there, I'm then going to move on to the next thing. And you've got everything out of your brain. It's all out in front of you. You're going to feel less overwhelmed. You're going to feel more made of, motivated and inspired. And you're going to feel like you've got more clarity and direction. I love that. I love that. I do not use a whiteboard only because I am a lefty and the handwriting is chicken scratch. <laughs> don't don't think I haven't tried though. I have bought them. I had the magnetic boards. I had the easels with the white paper. I had the markers. I had all the things, guys. And I finally realized I spent more time stressing out trying to read my handwriting than actually getting greatness from it. So <laughs> my whiteboard is on my phone. <laughs> so with that, I want to tell you guys this. Trust yourself and trust the process. Most of the overnight success that you see online was not really truly overnight. Most of the instant viral success that you see was not truly instant or overnight. It was years and months of that person networking behind the scenes, engaging, asking for help, emailing people, calling people, begging their friends to purchase their thing or use their service or give them a shout out. It was time and energy that they spent on whatever platform they're on doing all the things that they could figure out and failing at it to finally figure out what worked for them and then doing that thing to get where they are now right? So trust yourself and trust the process because everybody's cookie cutter recipe isn't going to work for you. What coach A and B and C and Z said is not always going to work for you. And you're not crazy for scrapping it and saying, I'm going to put what they said to the side and I'm going to get out here and wing it and experiment and learn, right? That's literally how I built my business. I paid the coaches. I paid the strategists. I paid the people that they said I should be working with. And I did all the things and I kept falling flat. And when I finally said to hell with it, I'm just going to get on Facebook and play until I figure it out. And I posted and I made videos and I talked. 
And I figured out what worked for the people that were looking for me. And then I had to build a strategy around that so that we could repeat it, right? So trust yourself because you are doing your business. You're doing the thing that you're called to do for a purpose. And trust the process, even if it looks differently than anybody else's process. So we're going to bring this to a close. Chantal, thank you so much for giving us your time and your energy and your beautiful laugh. Guys, her information is in the podcast. So if you want to figure out how to work with her, connect with her, link up with her, all of that will be there. Just click through to the podcast information and grab her links and reach out and tell her you came across her on the Healing One podcast so that she'll remember us. Yes, <laughs> you please. Are, yes, yes, you're always welcome to return. We love our repeat guest, Chantal. So please Thank don't you. hesitate to come back for more juicy goodness on scaling businesses and using social media media. Guys, we love you. Thank you for being a part of the Healing One online community. And last but not least, I have to give you a crystal recommendation. So one of the ones that I love to use for um, online energy for myself as an introvert is Fire Quartz. I think I recommended that one to you before, but that is a really great one to use for revving yourself up if you're not feeling having to use social media, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling too shy or introverted or just not powerful enough, grab some of that, pop it in your bra, pop it in your pocket, put it in your lunch bag, sit it on your desk, (laughs) sit it everywhere that you're going to be working on your business and let its power just energize you and give you that, that extra get up and go to get out there on social media and show up. As always, thank you for being a part of this experience and we will see you next time.